to another edition of Talk to the Paranormal podcast. I hope everyone is doing really well. Um, tonight we have a great guest joining us, psychic medium Paul Cizel. Um, We've been chatting with Paul for a little while now because we teamed up with him for a special Christmas event. So we thought it would be a great idea to bring Paul on, have a little chat with him, you know, get to know him a little bit more about his background and how he got into the paranormal and also his psychic mediumship. Um, he's done a lot over the years to help people, but not just by doing readings, uh, medium nights. He's also teaching as well. So he is heavily involved in the spiritual side of things. And we're going to get to know more about him in a moment. As always, if you have any questions or you know, you want to say hello, please put them in the comments and we will try our best to get through all the comments. Uh, but what I'm going to do is bring on Paul now and let's get into it. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good evening. Good. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Again, good. thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to join us. Um, no, my pleasure. You know, really excited about this one because we're going to find out a little bit more about you, but then towards the end, we're going to tell people um about the the platform mediumship night that we put on together you know and it's um what a great way to go into the christmas period with a platform night so you know before i do so i just want to say a few shout outs to people in the room so we've got Anne from south carolina how you doing abby she's in the room she'll be there on the psychic medium night so thanks for joining us abby elizabeth how you doing we've got katie and Sarah in the room as well so thank you everyone for joining um so yeah so let's kick this off Paul first question most obvious question I'm going to ask you is how did this all start for you where was your intro into the paranormal was the psychic part of it all well <laughs> you might laugh but it was actually inside my mum's womb okay um, yeah I I know it sounds a bit um out there but I have memories of being conscious at around about five months old in the womb and being able to be self-aware of things that were going on. Then at a later stage um, in life, when I was able to talk, um, I was telling my mum things about, you know, things that she had watched on TV, things that she had done. And she would be saying, yeah, I don't know how you know this. You you shouldn't know this. Um, you know, you were still in the womb. You wasn't even born. 
Um, mm. But yeah, I've got memories. So I guess you could say it started back there for me. But definitely, um, you know, mum said that the house was very quiet until she brought me home from the hospital. You know, this is back in the 1960s. Um, and she said then it just kind of illuminated with um, psychic phenomena um, all over the place after that. Oh, wow. So that must have been, you know, how did your mum deal with that then? Because back in the, the 60s and that, you know, the, the paranormal, the psychic stuff wasn't, it was like a taboo subject in a way, you know. So uh, do you remember how your mum would have dealt with that at the time? Surprisingly, it wasn't. Yes, okay. it, it seemed that way, but it wasn't. Obviously, we have mainstream TV and the internet now, which brings it into everybody's world. But back then, behind the closed doors, people were very open to it. Now, my mum is, um, you know, a true northerner. Um, and she moved down south um, and she came down with her family. It's a big family. And they came down with the northern traditions. Um, and so she already believed in the supernatural herself. Um, her own grandmother was um, a medium in the Second World War and was oh, wow. in London. So by that point, they'd moved down to London and um, she was giving readings to people, um, you know, in in the war herself. So my mum was kind of brought up with this a little bit. And so were her sisters. OK, so, so that must have been a great way to have family support then because growing up then how did you manage your abilities so um you, you know you said about the family support um my mum did her best to really keep it behind closed doors oh, okay i got two older brothers they didn't even know what was going on oh, um, really? my dad knew but he was kind of like oh you know let's let's keep out of this one um and my mum made sure that you know everybody um you know you know really she 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 shielded me from it you know even her own family you know as much as she possibly could as much as she could handle on you know on her own without kind of support so um so those psychic abilities were there from birth um, as a small child, and I was using them, you know, as a small child. You know, if you've ever watched the the, um, the movie Pet Cemetery, um, as an eight-year-old child, I had my own pet cemetery exactly as it was in the movie, as you see it in that wow. movie kind of thing. So I already knew I, I, I was born with a kind of a natural understanding, if you like. And, you know, I was never taught. I just knew how to do things. So, yeah, so my, my home growing up, if you'd never gone down to the bottom <laughs> of the garden, you would have found an ancient pit cemetery. And, yeah, it was all done in a spiral shape. And as the pets passed away, you know, I only talk about hamsters and mice and um, mm. you know, even goldfish, they'd get buried and then they would have a stone circle. And every day as a small child, religiously, I would go down there and talk to them. So, wow. so, so it was like second nature to you then. So you didn't really yeah. need to teach yourself it. Um, but how did it present, you know, was it a particular spirit that you're dealing with? Like, you know, Sorry, no, someone... can you say that again? You broke up. So, so with your abilities, are you dealing with like a, a, a particular spirit that comes to you? Like a, uh, is it, they call it like, um, what do they call it? Like a guardian angel or is it your 
um, uh, guides, uh, psychic uh, guides? So it depends. It depends how I'm working. It depends okay. how I'm working. So when I'm giving somebody a reading, or maybe I'm doing a demonstration of mediumship, um, the um, oh, sorry, sorry, I've just read something's comment about my cute dog, and I'm like, how do you know? And I just suddenly realised he jumped off on the sofa. Yeah, it depends how I'm working. Generally speaking, within my work as a medium, um, when it comes to straightforward readings, when it comes to um, an evening of mediumship, you know, on the stage, on the platform, it's direct spirit communication. So directly communicating with somebody's loved ones and making that communication, opening that door. Wow. And with the communication, do you hear it as voice that they're talking to you or do they give you images that you can that you've pieced together what those images mean it's um it's hard to explain how you actually work with spirit some people say that they you do hear the voice um i believe that it is the own conscious mind creating the word from your memory um okay. so what's happening is the best way i can describe this is imagine a telepathic link with someone else so you and i now no longer using our words but we are um having a conversation using telepathy mind thought yeah it'd be pretty mm. boring for all those watching you know because they wouldn't have a clue what's going on they're just uh, sitting there going mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah for the next hour or so but um you know what the bloody hell's going on here kind of thing but mm -hmm. yeah so you're linking with their mind the energy of their mind and you are feeling their thoughts their impressions and what you want to say and one of the reasons why mediumship of any kind can be fragmented is that the medium isn't in total control of the communication and there will like translating any foreign language there will mm. always be a mistranslation um and it only takes a little bit um you know for example yesterday i was giving a lady a reading and i was talking about her granddaughter and i kept saying her granddaughter was izzy izzy and she's going no no and i said i can't get past izzy and then she said ah she said no that she gave me the name she said no it's Maisie. i'm feeling it as izzy but the name is Maisie. okay so they sound the same but i've got a slight discrepancy you see in 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 how i've got the name across i'm misunderstanding on my behalf okay no no that's understandable and you know with, with this do you ever look back and think to yourself why would you chosen to have these abilities like why are they so strong for you because i know a lot of people say everyone has the abilities i i don't necessarily believe that because well, you know okay so let's um, right okay so let's talk about this for a moment then so let's use me as the example i'm going to talk about you in a moment um so i already knew my sole purpose to come down here hence why i had this ability from birth yeah okay mm. so i already knew what my life purpose was going to be even as a small child okay now what where we get confused as human beings is we believe that this is it this is who we are and we believe that this mind is running the show. I look yeah. at it, actually, no, it's not. It's only the processor, it's the equivalent of the processor in your computer 
that is maintaining everything and down here yeah what is really in charge of the show is your spirit yeah and your spirit if you believe that we have a spirit understands all of its past lives it understands its present lifetime and the journey within that lifetime and it understands our forward lifetimes as well and the higher self or the spirit is endeavoring throughout our existence to try to connect with our human mind to make adjustments on our path which kind of might come into the story of the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder when you're in conflict as to what you should be doing yeah mm. now every single human being has a spirit you cannot be here without a spirit yeah okay mm. now every single human being at some point in their lives or at several points in their lives does make communication so every intuitive thought process you have yeah where you feel something to be so right and you follow it through is you listening to your own spirit your higher self whether you've understood that process or not yeah so okay. everybody is doing it not everybody realizes they are doing oh, it so most people say oh yeah i can't do what you do but actually you are and so is everybody watching this right now so so you do believe everyone has the ability regardless absolutely. and it's absolutely it's, yeah. yeah so 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 for someone so you say that we have the ability so if i ask you how can i open up that ability even more so i can feel more or i can it's it's going to start here with your mind your mind is wired up from a young age with every experience that you've gone through yeah and you know within that journey let's just make this up there might be some kind of trauma or trauma has happened um the mind builds up habits the mind um you know be builds up its own fears and insecurities and anxieties and all of those human emotions get in the way and stop us from listening to our spirit or our higher self so when i'm teaching my students i don't teach them about going to spirit because their spirit already knows what they're doing yeah yeah okay i'm teaching my students about connect reconnecting with themselves and understanding their mind, developing their own mind. And once the mind becomes more developed and more attuned to listening to frequencies outside of itself, and once it starts understanding those processes, it will hear more. That's why we get stuck, because we, we just can't hear. Okay. So we know, like, you know, a lot of the times kids grow up and they have these imaginary friends. You yeah. know, um, we, we hear this quite a lot. So in your opinion, do you think that these are not actually imaginary friends, that they're actually experiencing contact with spirits then? You know, again, controversial subject, you know, is the child yeah. making that up or yeah. is the child genuinely perceiving something beyond, you know, the adult's perception? So my understanding um, is that, so for when we're born, up until say, let's round about seven, eight eight years old um we are more spirit than human once we start to kind of get towards seven then the child is generally integrated into human society you know schooling you know playing with friends 
building up patterns. You know, by then, anyone who's got children certainly knows children, you know, how know how to twist every parent around their little finger and get their own way oh, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they've learned yeah. those kind of habits. And so now they start to move away from that psychic side of them and focus on being more human unless a child is hypersensitive and holds on to that process yeah and so eventually then that human side of us takes over and then you know we carry on you know through life whilst leaving you know you know the the psychic centers you know behind and not focusing on them as much Wow. So, um, yes, that's what I'm saying is that then, you know, I had an imaginary friend, um, you know, that was that was there permanently. Yeah. Um, and those imaginary friends, you know, do influence. And this is why I say to parents, when parents come to me and say, look, my child is talking to somebody. What do I do? I say, don't discourage it because you don't want the child. If the child is put in is being put into in a vulnerable place, you don't want your child to close down on you because you're reprimanding them for it i said mm. don't encourage it but allow them to be able to talk to you if they feel vulnerable most of the time it will pass and go away without incident but there's always those times when it it doesn't and i know my imaginary friend wasn't one that was quite sitting there going oh let's go for a little walk and um sing songs together um mine one was um had intent there to um cause harm oh wow so it's a bit of a different kind of experience that then altogether. Yeah. um yeah and you you're saying that it was intent to harm you then did that did that not put you off continue in this path then no no i think it made me stronger if anything i mean my imaginary friend um presented himself as a 10 year old boy yeah i felt very comfortable with him um but deep down i knew that actually he wasn't a 10 year old boy and he was something else um so you know his intent was to emotionally weaken me, which is what a form of possession is, is to psych is a psychological attack designed to emotionally weaken a person to gain attachment to that person. And which is what he was doing was coming in. I want to be your friend. We're going to have yeah. lots of fun together. And then the paranormal um, occurrences would happen continuously and it was designed to put fear and to psychologically weaken me until such a time that I would be in a position to, he would be in a position, sorry, um, to attach himself. And how did you get rid of that spirit then? How did Again, you? Fortunately, fortunately, even as a child, I, I, because I was so in, so in tune with my own spirit, I knew what to do. So I knew what was going on. Um, and in my own way, I was able to kind of defeat it myself. Um, the paranormal occurrences did get quite severe. Now, bearing in mind, at this point, the original Exorcist movie had never come out. Ham Amateurville horror movies never come out. Any of those movies had never come out. Um, mm. And but I was going through the haunting. So. You know, when you look back at my childhood, you know, I couldn't be influenced as a child by anything that I saw on TV. Because I think the scariest it got on TV 
at that time was a black and white movie called The Hand or something where there was a severed hand that crawled up the stairs, you know, and was trying to strangle people like this and yeah. that's not kind of thing. Um, wow. You know, so certainly as a, you know, as a child in my era, I couldn't be influenced by anything that was being, you know, played out on the TV. Um, so a lot of what we're seeing on the TV, people go, oh, you know, it's just made up. But actually, a lot of these shows have done their research and have researched very well, yeah, in them. That's quite scary to think that when you're watching it on TV, it's scary enough, mm -hmm. you know, but to think that they're getting it from actual events that may have occurred yeah. is is even scarier of a thought yeah. to, to think that. So, yeah. you know, that's, um, that is crazy. I'm just going to turn it over to the audience quickly. Paul. Yeah, sure. Um, Sarah's just asked a question. Um, do you recommend meditating to open up to our spirit guides? Again, here, with the meditation, it's always a difficult one because um, here in the Western Hemisphere, we're not geared up for meditation. You know, we're, we're, we're running around with our daily lives, our work, you know, and sometimes it can be very hard to still our mind. Meditation is an excellent healing tool. Um, so... Um, I always say if you're meditating and you haven't got the experience, um, go either with a guided meditation that you might find on YouTube. And there's some excellent ones um, or maybe with a friend or someone who is a little bit more understanding, maybe even a meditation group and join. So when I first learned about meditation, um, I joined a meditation group um, to keep me into a safe place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very good tool to open up to, you know, our guides, make that connection. Um, just make sure that you know what you're connecting to is all I say. Whereas I prefer to use meditation as a healing tool to calm the mind, to still it, to go on an inwardly journey and create a, an overall well-being of balance. Well, um, now I think uh, Cheryl might have missed this at the start, but she did ask, did your parents encourage you as a child with your gift? No, no, no. My mum did everything in her power to stop me using it. Everything in her power to stop me. Um, she failed. <laughs> she, <laughs> Obviously, because we're here today. Uh, even, even up until, I, even when I was in my 20s, she was still endeavoring me to stop me to go on this journey. Wow. Yeah, I even in my 20s. In the, it's amazing that you've kept strong. You must, like, like you said, you, you knew your path that you had to take. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. um, it, it's been great that you've done this because you, you I, uh, we, we can ask, like, at what age did you decide that, do you know what, I'm going to actually use my gift and help others? Not not necessarily the readings at the moment, what I'm on about is because you actually offer classes to people and you, you do quite a lot of that during your week. Um, yeah. You dedicate a lot of time to helping people that don't yeah. understand their gift. And, you know, so where did that idea come from? What made you want to do that? Well, I always knew as a child that I was going to use this in later life. I knew it. I knew about mediumship as a child. Um, you know, so I understood what it was all about. I knew I was going to use it. Um, the natural progression was once I had felt that I had got 
enough experience under my own belt and that wasn't you know I went to the College of Psychic Studies in London and that's where I did my formal training a lot of people say well I'm I'm natural you know I'm intuitive you know I've never done any formal training that's fine I've got you know I don't have a problem with that I went there because I knew that I wanted to work professionally and so you know I studied with other very very reputable mediums um, over a long period of time um, and sat in their development class um, so to really really learn how to you know um, develop the mediumship and to be able to use it um, you know effectively at a later stage in life and so you know it was when I gained that experience and then gaining the work experience and the teaching experience that then you know probably about 20 years ago that was when I set out to start my own development classes and I've actually been teaching without stop now for 20 years 20 years so, yeah, but I, I was calculating the other day I went Christ I've been <laughs> teaching for 20 years non-stop and do you have to adapt the learning curve with each student like because yeah. everyone everyone has different yeah. um, learning styles but do you find that there's different types of mediums then like I know like people say like clairvoyance and things so do you do you adapt yourself to the person that you're dealing with or do you do it as a group yeah so we've got I generally have a group of people yeah say around about 12 I've got two classes one is called living with sensitivity and that's where we go on a kind of beginners to more intermediate route where we are exploring ourselves exploring the world that we live in and we are starting to develop those intuitive um, abilities and start to harness them yeah I've got mm -hmm. another class which is all about spirit communication that one to be to come into that class you've got to know how to make spirit communication um you know whether it's through mediumship through clairvoyance however um but you have to be more fluent because i'm bringing guests in you know for you know my cities to work on with the student every student is coming is approaching the situation from their own point of view you know from their own life some people may come to this because of grief some people may come to it because of trauma some people may come to it because they have always been plagued by the paranormal and so when i'm developing my classes i always have an interview process um if anyone rejects my interview process it goes why do i need to be interviewed to come i'll reject the student um, the reason why I do that is I want to know a little bit about the student. Why are you coming to this process? What are you looking for from it? Um, and, you know, are you going to be committed to it um, and your, or your journey anyway? Um, and if they are, then I know I have somebody that I can work with. And, and that's great that you got that screening process, you know, because mm. you, you can make the right decision. But on the flip side of it, have you ever had anyone approach you asking you to help them to stop having these abilities yeah. yeah and and is there a way that they can stop no like switch no no really if you if you are hypersensitive yeah you are hypersensitive and once that door is opened because you've opened it nobody else um it can sometimes be hard to shut it so it's finding tools you can never disconnect from it remember if your spirit your spirit is connected yeah the only way you can do that is by severing your own spirit and that ain't going to happen so um you have to find ways to 
disconnect yourself from the experience um, by trying not to focusing focus on it and listen. So when I'm teaching a student, I always teach a person how to go to themselves and the earth energy first before we go to spirit. Same as your car battery. Think of your car battery. You put your red lead on that terminal, you're going to get lots of sparks, aren't you? And eventually you're going to damage the car battery. Yeah. Mm. If you reverse it, though, and you then put the earth lead on first, then the red lead, you've got a balanced battery. Now, us human beings need to be exactly the same. So every time we become emotional for whatever reason, overwhelmed, feeling anxious, it's our red lead going on the battery and sparking up, which is also connecting us to spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas if we go to our earth lead first and our connection to ourselves, our connection to the earth, the battery is balanced and then we'll have a balanced connection to the spirit world wow so it's all about that balance um and and for you then because you're open you're you're completely you're doing your thing and you've been doing it yeah. for a number of years now but what what about when you just want to be pull not psychic yeah. medium pull you yeah. know is there i'm not saying do you switch it off completely because you've made that quite clear you can't but what, what do you do when you need that just your time just for you and not being attached to any kind of spirit. So I have, I'm, I'm in two halves. Yeah, I'm psychic medium Paul, and then I'm Paul. Anybody that I'm meeting for the first time outside of any professional environment, they only get to know me as Paul. Anybody who introduces me outside of um, a, um, a professional environment as psychic medium gets reprimanded severely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. people meeting me outside of my professional environment will only ever get to know me as Paul. Um, that way I can never be drawn into situations that I can't control, such as maybe someone drawing me into a conversation that, oh, Paul, I have spirit around me. Can you help me? Can you do it? And yeah. yes, of course, I'm going to be, of course, I'm going to then talk to them and, and, and reach out to them because they've asked me. Um, but what that might do is it then might reconnect me to my own psychic centers and then connect me to the spirit world where I don't want to be because I'm needing to go to Tesco's and go shopping and go to whatever other shop and, and do loads of things without now being bombarded by the spirit world. Yeah. And, you know, do you find that quite easy then to separate that now? Yeah. Like, yeah. Now so I do. If, if, now. Yeah. yeah. And Early on, no, I couldn't. Now I do. Yeah. And what way did you learn to do that then? So what is your, so say if you're having a day as just Paul, mm. like before you go out or anything, is there something that you do like a meditation or like ground or is it just, I'm going out as me and that's it. Yeah, I'm going out as me. That's it. I have boundaries. In fact, I have very, anyone who knows me will tell you I have very strong boundaries. Um, and so, um, you can, I would look at it this way, you can never turn the volume knob completely off, yeah? But what you can do is you can learn to turn it down to about number two, maybe number three. You never want it off completely because you want to be able to listen to your own intuition. And if we're listening to our own intuition, every day we are being surrounded by messages. They're very, very subtle. But if we learn to recognize the psychic messages, 
we realized that we were actually giving ourselves very strong messages about how to handle situations, um, whatever they may be. Yeah. So if you turn it off completely, we've disconnected from all of that. Yeah. Whereas mm. if we have it at about two or three, we have a conscious awareness of it. It might be then that, um, you know, we need to might have a higher awareness. So we need to turn it up. So it gets, if you look at it as a dial, naught to 10, depending on where I am, what I'm doing, it's where the, where the volume knob will turn up to. Okay. And have you also had to teach yourself to be quite resilient in this field? Because I'd say like some of the readings that you must have come across over the years must become quite emotional, um, especially if you're, you know, given a reading for someone that's lost a child, you know, someone very close to family. How, how do you deal with the emotion side of it? Because, you know, I can imagine, you know, I, I'll be honest. I went um, to um, uh, a festival of the unexplained back in right. September. Mm. And I have never had a and the the gentleman doing the psychic medium night like the platform night yeah. he touched on things that no one would have known and yeah. and i got quite emotional yeah you know but you know one thing i wonder how do you deal with like someone that do you have to be quite strict with yourself about not showing the emotion or uh, yeah so i have a i have a rule that's why i have a professional office yeah um and most of my work one-to-one um, -one is done in my professional office where we have professional boundaries. This is the same as if you was going to see a doctor, yeah? Yeah. Um, so that whoever is walking through my door comes into a very comfortable and safe environment where at never any point do they feel threatened or vulnerable, yeah? Mm -hmm. So um, as people's lives come out and this is where we where we get the critiques of mediumship who don't realize it's all about healing people think you know most people think, oh that you know you're just going for a bit of entertainment you know am i going to meet a tall dark handsome stranger that kind of thing um a lot of people don't realize that you know the difficulties of mediumship it can open doors into the sitter's mind um that can be very very traumatic for them you are not a counselor but you are skimming the edge of it, yeah? Mm. And sometimes people, well, within the reading, you will discover deep, dark secrets um, within people's lives. And because of that, they can, be, they can feel vulnerable and exposed. They may break down and cry. They may, become, they may become fearful of a communicator that's trying to come through and reach out to them because there was trauma between those two people. And you've got to really know what you're doing um, because you've got to keep that person safe. So you're wanting to be compassionate to them. You're wanting to show love to them. But the rule is you must never save them. Yeah. Um, okay. You can be supportive to them, but you can't save them. So with that being said, then, doing your private readings is one thing. Do you change the way you do your readings on an open platform then? Yeah. So yeah, will, will you, yeah. yeah, so 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 what is your way of doing the platform compared to, like the private readings, I get that. Right. What kind of things would you do for an open platform? Right, so a demonstration of mediumship is exactly that. It's demonstrating mediumship, yeah? Nothing more than that, yeah? Um, and with the the 
this is where over my lifetime I've been very fortunate to, um, you know, um, you know, have worked with some amazing people, you know, that have worked with me on on my presentation because there's nothing worse. So you've got an audience of I don't know, just like fifty people in front of you. Yeah, there's nothing worse than perhaps if the medium is talking to that one person. And maybe, you know, there's a 10 minute message there. Maybe it goes on a little bit more. It's only natural that the entire audience is going to switch off and disconnect. Yeah. So the, when you're doing a presentation on stage, the, the, the tr you're trying to bring the whole audience into one person's story that they've never met. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're trying to do your best to bring people into that story without overexposing them. So I always say this is a demonstration. And if I start to feel that it's going too deep into your personal life, I'll even draw back. Yeah, because I don't feel in a public arena uh, we should be there to expose people. You know, yeah. You know, we can have a laugh. You know, I can be quite entertaining when I work um, yeah. and we can have a good laugh. And that's what the evening is about, is having a good evening out whilst getting the messages from spirit without making anybody feel vulnerable in that process. And that, that's amazing that you're able to adapt yourself because it's got to be quite overwhelming at times because you're walking into a room with potentially 50 people that... You know, a lot of people will be coming to this because they want a reading from a specific yeah. person, you know. So what preparations will you make? So, you know, a lot of people are going to in the audience are going to be joining us on the 15th where we mm. teamed up with you. But yeah. before coming into the location, what is your preparation that you're going to be doing to prepare yourself for that evening? And so a lot of people. Well, first of all, throughout the day, I'm going to be very aware that I'm going to be working. So everything that I do throughout the day will be in preparation for that evening. I'll be very aware of my diet. So for example, if I eat anything too heavy or too close to the actual time of working, my body vibration will lower because I'll be heavy. Yeah. So that's out the question. Any food has got to um, give me a higher vibration, make me feel good. Um, so it will be small amounts, yeah, leading up to it. Um, probably once we get to about three hours before, four hours before, I'm probably not going to touch food um, at all. Wow. So um, then the next step, once I've kind of, you know, um, you know, done that preparation throughout my day is that most people might think, oh, you, you know, you, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive there. And you might think, oh, I'm going to play spiritual music to relax my, the mind. The exact opposite. I'm going to have, um, you know, um, pumping loud da dance music on of high energy. Yeah. So I've already done the mind preparation. I'm going to have pumping loud music, dance, which is going to be high energy. So by the time I get to the venue, the music has changed my vibration to a high vibration as opposed to relaxing the mind. I'm not doing meditation. I don't need to do meditation um, in that sense. You know, um, I need to have high energy. So the music I'm going to play will equivalent to high energy. Yeah. So by the wow. time I'm walking into the venue, I'm already ready to work. The only thing See, is that once I'm in the venue, I do have a rule that 
um you know i make it clear and i know we've already discussed this that once i arrive in the venue then you know i'll be polite hi how are you to you know the team but then i'm away from the audience um and again during the break i'm away from the audience and the reason mm -hmm. why i do that is one i can't be influenced by anything that i'm going to potentially overhear and two i can't be influenced because i'm now open at that stage or more open being empathic i could start to feel and pick up the energy of people around me and start to carry that which i don't want so total separation until um the end when then i'm quite happy to chat to people and um you know on a more personal level yeah i think that was the, the one of the first things that you said to me when we first started talking about doing this platform night was one of your first rules was when i get there stick me in a back room find me a back room and leave me there and i was like wow and but when you sort of explained yourself it sort of covers you as well because then no one can say that you're being influenced by yeah. mingling yeah. and it is um is a it's a great way to sort of prepare yourself as well isn't it yeah, so you're going to be absolutely. so so yeah, yeah so as we said for anyone that's joining us on the 15th and i know daniel's in the room uh daniel winter who is the owner of paul <laughs> he's really excited um you've yeah, just seen this comment we we went away for a weekend and my choice of drink is a baileys and no one seems to be able to i, I like a baileys i don't apparently is a bit more of a not a manly drink apparently but hey um but yeah so that's the way you want to wait you're going to separate yourself but towards the end of the evening paul will be around to have a little chat with everyone um but during the actual um presentation there's going to be no mingling with paul it'll be he'll be in the back room and then he'll come out and do his thing and then yeah we're really excited for that um you know not only do you do the um, psychic medium part of it, or you've also been out on um, paranormal investigations as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you go in totally different to being a psychic medium? Is that very yeah. different to how you investigate then? Yeah. Yeah. You're working with a different vibration. Um, so whenever I go to an allegedly haunted location, I'm going in as the observer yeah okay. i don't know what i'm walking into so it's always the observer um i never interact with people you know a lot of times you know people are wondering why um i'm not interacting i'm not calling out um the reason i'm not and maybe i'm hanging back you know whether we're on a public event or um you know maybe it's more of a private team i don't know um but the reason why i'm holding back and not doing anything is i'm being the observer because i want to know what i'm walking into before i react to anything so yeah it's a very different vibration because you are on 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 a on a haunted location you are could be potentially working on multiple levels and that can stem from the earth itself from the ground in which the dwelling has been placed upon um, where psychic energy could seep up into the fabric of that building um, causing the haunting mm -hmm. are you dealing with a haunting where there has been trauma loss of life within that dwelling and um, individuals have now trapped themselves within a timeline um, are you dealing are you working um, and this is where sometimes maybe some you know, investigators don't even realize they're doing this, 
but working mediumistically. So as soon as you start calling out, you're working as a medium. You're calling out to spirit. You are inviting yourself to be a conduit for spirit communication. And you're, mm. you're, you're, you now become the paranormal medium. Whether okay. you read it or not, the moment you are saying, is there anybody there? Is that a lady that's there? Is this the lady that was with us last time? You are communicating mediumistically. And so I call it the paranormal medium, not the spirit medium, because you are, you know, interacting in that way. And you are hoping that that spirit, wherever it is, is going to indicate to you fear you know, through some kind of mechanism, um, or it may even attempt to make communication through the investigator themselves, through their own spirit. And so, you know, I'm sure maybe you've been on investigations where, you know, you might have gone, oh, oh, something's not right here, or you felt a bit sway or whatever, yeah, um, and not realise what's going on. Um, so, yeah, and of course, then we go up to another level where, a, a spirit may have been a, had an association with that particular building, but has completely transcended into spirit, but are willing to come back through and communicate in various means to the team or the people investigating, um, you know, to reach out to them. And then it goes on to a whole nother level of, you know, what has come in from outside or what has been brought in mm. by other means that may have a much deeper meaning to the investigation. And when you're on an investigation, we're separating the mediumship side to investigate. Mm. Do you feel that you get a bit of a different response? You know, because we're dealing with spirits that have been like attached to the land, the location, and sometimes they don't want to communicate. So they could be quite what I would say, an angry spirit. Do you feel that you get a different response to when you're doing the mediumship side of things? Now, here's the thing, though. Are they angry or are they frustrated? Okay. Yeah, get where I'm coming from here. Yeah. Is it the fact that they are generally wanting to communicate and is it the fact that they're just frustrated because we can't hear them? And we okay, don't know how to fair. communicate with them because with the greatest respect to um, many paranormal investigators out there, they may not have the ability to attune to their mind, yeah, in the way that perhaps a spirit medium would, mm -hmm. yeah. And that spirit, that person is trying to reach out and can't understand why we're ignoring them and gets frustrated. That frustration may lead to anger. And then when we experience the cold spots or we feel as if something's been thrown, touched, maybe the, one of the instruments have been set off, you know, is it, that, is it them just merely trying to reach out to us you know, out of frustration and going, for Christ's sake, why can't you just bloody hear me? I'm here for God's yeah. sake. Stop calling me. Stop calling. You know, could you imagine being in the room? Imagine us now, me sitting here and uh, you're right in front of me going, Nando, Nando. Oh, you're gone. Yes, exactly. You've got black screen. Nando. Yeah. Nando. He goes, it's going to wind you up after a while. Mm. So, no, no. yeah, you see what I'm saying? No, I can from? understand. Yeah, yeah, I can understand totally. You know, I never thought about it that way. You know, you think of it as a, an angry spirit. Um, just to go keep on the theme of the um, paranormal investigation side of it, there was a question in the room by Haunted Huntings. They said that um, they saw a video where you got essentially possessed 
um, right. in the castle. Can I ask, was that spirit or something else much darker that made you hit the camera? So, yeah, um, that was um, an investigation at Hearst Castle I did with um, Tony Ferguson once. And that was actually during the daytime. And mm. we had the castle entirely to ourselves. Um, there was nobody else around. And um, I was in this kind of round room. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I can't remember too much about it. I can only remember what I saw on video. And Tony said, I'm going to go to another area. I'm going to leave you here um, to do the investigation or to do a load vigil. And I'll come back. Um, yeah, OK, no problem. Um, however long it was, I don't know. Tony came back and he said, how was it? I said, nothing really happened. Um, I said, it'd be pretty quiet. I said, I was calling out, but, you know, nothing really happened. Nothing, you know, really kind of as if I was picking anything up. I said, I don't think there was any voices. Um, I said, it could be, but you know what happens when you watch the video back, suddenly there'd be more on the video than there was, there would be, you know, audibly in that way so that's how we left it and um, we carried on investigating we went home and then that night tony said um just to let you know i'm billing you from my camera and i said mm. what you're on about you billing on my camera and he said yeah i'm billing you for my camera and i said what are you talking about i said just speak english so i can know i know what you're talking about and uh, we, so we had a bit of a laugh and banter between us he said yeah he said um he said you remember when i left you and doing that lone vigil and you said nothing happened i said yeah um he said you i i watching you now you have suddenly changed you've looked straight at my camera you've walked to it and you've whacked it um i know nothing about it i knew nothing about it and was that quite did you watch it back as well then like... yeah i was horrified i would i wouldn't let him show it i would not let him show it i was quite horrified by what i saw not in a scary way but i was alarmed by it um because i didn't realize it had happened and the reason why i was alarmed by it i suddenly realized my boundaries must have been down and that mm. happened without me realizing and the fact because we we can tell by speaking to you you, you don't have that sort of temperament in you to go and no. do something like that. And that, that must have been quite a shock to your system to see you walk up and literally. Yeah, I, this, I, this, I this. was genuinely shocked. I was I was mortified. I was kind of like, oh, my God, I've allowed that to happen. Oh, my God, what's just happened? And to this day, you know, we tried to replicate it where I was mm. in control and we could never replicate it. And the second part to that question, do you think it was something darker then, like a not so much a spirit something evil maybe yeah yeah it definitely it was uh I, it's hard to explain what it might have been i don't think it was anything of any ill intent but mm. it was definitely something that was stronger than a normal spirit because it punched its way into me and that doesn't happen Wow, that, that must have been a, sh uh, a total shock to the system then. Like, Watch it back. Yeah, I, you know, I know it's gone out there and I know it's kind of, you know, circulated. And I did have, I did allow him to put it out there after a while. But, you know, when, you know, initially I said, no, don't let anyone see that. And so, so sometimes when um, media outlets are asking for, you know, um, you know, footage and stuff like that, I say, I say to him, no, don't, don't release it. Just don't release it. Blimey, that... 
that 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 must have been um, a scary moment, you know, undeniable. Yeah, I suddenly realised um, that I was out of control and anything could have happened. Yeah, that that's crazy. Just just yeah. the thought of it, um, and like you said, to watch something back that you had no recollection or no mm. knowledge that you your whole body was doing yeah. something. You know, yeah. where where do you think your mind was then? Like, do you ever think back and think, you know, how can that happen here's, in that way? Here's the thing, um, Nando, is that you know, and this is where we measured this in a in um an intuitive reading. I will never remember my readings. I never remember my clients. I spend half my life, if they come back as you know, to me again, um, apologizing to them because I don't remember, I don't remember them. I don't remember the previous visit. I certainly don't remember the communication that took place. I won't remember what happened on the 15th you know, within a couple of hours of it finishing, yeah? Mm. Um, so uh, what that is, is because what's happening is I'm creating a space within my mind for spirit to step in and endeavor to take over the conversation, but not complete control, yeah? I've still yeah. got some of the control. And so because these thoughts, these experiences are not my experience or my memories, my mind doesn't hold on to them. So in, the, so in the same way that this entity of whatever it was pushed in, I have no knowledge of it. I had no, because I wasn't consciously communicating with it. I have no idea what it wanted, what its intent was, um, or anything else. Okay, that, that's, um, that, that's scary. That, that is a, um, something scary. Um, also, another question. I've got um, more scary stories than that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Maybe we need to do a part two, and we'll do a, like a night of scary stories with Paul. Yeah, you know, we're, 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 definitely. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a few scary. I've got quite a few scary stories I could share with you over my thirty years of doing this that will make your hair turn white. <laughs> I, I just, I just need to prepare myself for the scary yeah, stories. So you we'll... need that Bailey's. You'll be <laughs> <laughs> the bottle. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the whole bottle with me. Um, Going back to the audience, Abby asked a, a question. Um, where is your favourite location that you've investigated? Oh, um, I've got so many. It's a hard one. Um, the most interesting one um, was um, going out to Brand's Castle in Transylvania. Um, oh, wow. And I was taken out there by a group of investigators and we had the whole castle to ourselves, locked down at night. Um, and, you know, Dracula's Castle, as it's more commonly known, you know, it's set on a mountain. It's the whole, um, you know, you know, the whole picture of it. And the night that we went, there was a thunderstorm. So we had lightning crashing down over the castle itself. Wow, so that didn't help. Yeah, so wow. and, the most, it's one of the most interesting places that I've ever been to. And I um, the scariest, but the most interesting. The most interesting. Um, that's amazing. Um, another question I did want to ask. Um, it's just popped into my head. Um, oh. we're we're talking about the ability to connect with spirits, especially yourself. Is sorry, there say a... again, let, sorry, Ned, sorry, keep, you, you've broken up again. Sorry. Is that better? Yeah, I can hear now. Um, we're talking about connecting with spirits. 
Yeah. Is there a certain time after someone has passed away that they're able to connect with you? Is there like a period where you, the spirit can't come through and connect with or can they pretty much connect with you straight away, do you think? Um, it depends on the individual spirit and their circumstances. I've known some spirits to come through within hours of their passing and the mm. sitter hasn't even known that they've passed or they've known that they passed, but it was only a few days ago. We haven't even perhaps had the funeral. And then you'll get others. So my grandfather, my aunties went to spiritualist churches and mediums for 40 years, and he never, ever came through once. Um, and then one day, after they had even passed over to the spirit world, he came through to one of my students, and I didn't even know who he was. Oh, blimey. So, and and down to the individual, really. It is, and again, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of people that are faced with grief of losing someone. They yeah. want to have that closure. But yeah. sometimes, like, like you said, sometimes they don't get it. But that's not necessarily meaning it's not because the spirit doesn't want to communicate. Is it because you think that, do they move on to somewhere else? Like when, when we pass away, uh, I don't know if you can answer this, but what you think, we pass away do we choose to stay around so we can communicate or can if, we move on to somewhere else in brief otherwise we need another five hours for this one okay <laughs> um, if we pass through natural means and we have a well-balanced mind and we're happy to let go of the earth plane then as we become clinically dead then the spirit cannot hold on to physical existence, so it transcends. Um, so when, why can't we see spirit? This is the big question. We're going to look at it this way. Well, why can't we see ultraviolet light? Yeah, we can't. Our minds are not attuned to be able to see ultraviolet light. So as the spirit leaves the physical body, it is in a different state of frequency in the same way as ultraviolet light. Yeah. That we can't see so as it transcends we may have a intuitive feeling that it's there but we can't actually see it with our eyes um okay. so the spirit then transcends into the spirit world um and is perhaps helped over by loved ones family members um you know to then help the spirit to remember the spirit world which i believe is the real world compared to the earth plane which is the fabricated world which is a world a physical world for the spirit to have merely physical experiences it's almost like this world is the playground of for the spirit yeah because they can the spirit can have experiences that they can't have in a physical way in the spirit world when you're of energy wow that's brilliant and um, then you've got all the different kind of levels and you know within the spirit world as to where the spirit might transcend to now that's a great way of looking at it as well you know to how things happen um haunted um huntings have asked another question about the castle have you ever returned to this castle uh, since that happened or do you plan to return there in the future Yes, I've been there a few times, and um, I, I don't know, guys, whether you um, kind of missed what I said there. Um, we did go back and try okay. to replicate, um, you know, what had happened to me 
it but it never happened it never happened again um you know um so you know i've been I, I can't remember how many times i've been there since but probably a good you know three or four times and but it never happened nothing like that ever happened again do you think i know you were saying earlier on about it you know the spirit could have been frustrated but on the other hand do you think the spirit could have known what your capabilities are and was trying to get you to to potentially let, like try and scare you to the point that you would leave do you think that they were threatened by you in any way i've i've analyzed the video uh, myself and i've watched it back and watched it back and i've watched my body language my actions um i don't feel that there was anything there that was of any kind of what i would say real malicious intent i don't mm. know what the action was and maybe you know because obviously by the time tony came back it had released me so i have a feeling it will it happened just to knock that camera or um it decided it didn't want to be filmed i don't I, I don't know um you know normally like i say i've got an awareness if i'm doing a paranormal investigation you know i'm not at that level and i've got an awareness of what's going on there i didn't have an awareness at all um you know maybe if we do part two i will tell you about another investigation very similar um you know similar thing that happened um on a much bigger on a more of an extreme scale where they did actually get everything onto footage but that's a longer story we'll explain that if we do part two later on in the new year perhaps yeah i do i do believe that we need to do a part two but uh you know we'll do a like a bit of a scary story time with with mm. people um and maybe we can get some of those clips and sort of share that you know show them on yeah. the on the show as well um you know, it's been absolutely great learning from you and, you know, your experiences. What I would like to do, because you do offer a service as well. Um, you do offer readings and, you know, also you got your teaching. Can you just let people know where they can find that and how they can get in touch with you if they want to approach you about that? So the best way to find me is on my website, um, which is www.paulcicel.com. That's the best way to find me. You can find me on social media. So you can come to my page, which is Paul Cicel's Psychic Medium. Yeah, um, you can come and follow me there. Um, I, I, res I generally respond better, um, you know, if people are reaching out to me via, via the, um, the website, um, mm. because it's, you know, one place that I've got the communication as opposed to several places that I've got the communication. No, that's brilliant. And what I have done, um, everyone that's watching, if you go into the description at the bottom of Paul's bio that I've put in, there is all his links to his website as well. So if you want to get in touch with Paul and have a private reading, you know, definitely go ahead and get in touch with him. If you think that you maybe you have some abilities that you want to explore with Paul, you know, get in touch with him. But the links are in the description there. Um, but just to end on really, uh, the 15th of December, yeah. Portal to the Paranormal, Paul Cicel, we're doing a platform mediumship night. Um, and we're really excited. We've got a few elements yeah. of the night. Um, uh, to start with, we've got some vendors that are going to be selling some like, nice little gifts for Christmas. Uh, we've got teas and coffees for sale. Um, so we would definitely love you to come and join us. I know there's a few of, all, few of you that are going to be um, there on the night. Uh, the doors will open at six o'clock. 
Um, and Paul will start his presentation, I believe, is around half seven. If I've got that right, I've got to look at all the stuff that I've written down. I, yeah, um, I can't remember what's up, just as useless. <laughs> <laughs> With so much going on, it's hard to remember everything. Oh, so God, got, yeah. we, we've got everything written down, but I've not got that paper. But it's going to be an absolutely great evening. Um, you know, it's going to be fun leading into Christmas. Um, you know, and it'll be great to, you know, see everyone in a different kind of event, you know, not doing paranormal investigation, but meet and greet with Paul afterwards. You know, he's going to have a chat with everyone. But to start with, there's no contact with Paul um, until he's done his presentation. Um, and also, we do have um, a, a Christmas raffle that's going to be going ahead. We've got some great prizes that have been donated to us as well um, from uh, a pet photographer. They've donated some prizes there. We've got Paul. He's kindly donated an hour um, free private reading. And just yep. to ask on that, would that be something that you're going to be doing online with them that they can, would it be an on, um, online yeah, so reading? Yes, online. Um, so people can either see me in person at my studio in Portsmouth or it can be arranged online as well. So, um, so thank you very much for donating that prize as well. Oh, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that, that a lot of people want to get that. And we've got a lot of other prizes as well. You know, what we really want to do is stepping into Christmas is just do something different, have a lot of fun. And hopefully, you know, um, we'll see you all there. Um, but for now, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us My tonight. Uh, part two with Paul, we're going to do a scary story night. Um, so if you want to see that, put a yes in the comments and we'll get that arranged. Yeah, I think, we, I, think we can, I think we can blow all of these horror films out of the water that night. <laughs> but if that's just a taster of you knocking the camera off without even knowing about it, you know, I will have a Bailey's there just to keep me yeah, going. But um, do you know yeah. what? It's been an absolute pleasure, not just talking to you this evening, but um, getting to know you to the lead up of this event. And you've been so you know, open about doing this as well. Because some people are quite, you know, they like to stick to their roots, don't they? And keep to themselves. But um, we're, we're the team are all excited about the evening. Um, and I know a lot of the the people that, have, um, that are going to join us. It's going to be a great night. Um, but yeah, you know, thank you so much, Paul, for tonight. No, my pleasure. It's, no, it's been, been great. Fun. Been great. And, uh, you know, thank you for inviting me on. And obviously, you know, you know, thank you for, you know, um, you know, speaking to me in the first place about the ending of mediumship and um, approaching me about it. So, yeah, yeah it, is, it is um, it is something that we're really excited about, like I've said. And hopefully in the future for people, I know there were some people that made contact that wanted to book on, but it was sold out quite quickly, to ah. be honest. Um, but, you know, me and Paul have said um, in the background, if things work out and we're both happy with everything, this could be something that we can do in the future as well. So if you've missed out on this one, hopefully there will be future events where we can team up with Paul again. So if you've missed out now, look to the future because I'm sure we'll be doing this again. We had a great response. So it, hopefully we'll, we'll do another one with you in the future. Um, but yeah, but absolutely great. I'll let you get on, Paul. I'll put you in the back uh, while I just finish off. Okay, um, no and then we have a brief chat. But thanks a lot again, yeah. Paul, for joining us and giving us My some pleasure, of your, your experience. Good thank night, you. everybody, and thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, so, what a great chat with Paul. Um, just touching, you know, I think we've just touched a little bit of his experience and what he's done over the years. 
um, and there's a lot more to learn. Uh, Abby, I think you're right. Uh, the horror story one, well, not horror story, but the scary stories, I think is a definite. We must um, get pulled back on to listen to more of the scary parts of it, of what he's experienced. Um, but as I said, to everyone that's joining us on the 15th, um, the doors will be open at six o'clock instead of half six. Um, this gives you guys a chance to come and say hello to the team. Um, we're all really excited about um, seeing everyone that's joining. Uh, have a look around the vendors that we've got put in place, some teas and coffees as well, and just have a bit of a mingle before Paul comes on stage and does his presentation. Um, you know, so we're really excited about ending the year on this event. And again, anyone that's watching that did miss out on the event, um, don't worry, because I'm sure uh, me, Paul and the team can arrange something in the future. So just keep looking on the website between Paul's um, Facebook page, because he's been updating what he's doing throughout the year um, and also ours. Um, and we'll keep you posted. But for now, um, I'm going to say my goodbyes. Again, thank you for everyone that um, always joins in and all your support. We do appreciate it. Um, but we will see you um, oh, when we're back. The 18th of December, actually, we do have um, Cindy Kayser joining us um, from the Hustler Files. So that would be a great chat. So come and join us for um, an interview with Cindy. And uh, that will be the last one for the year. Sorry, I'm getting my fingers in the way here. Um, yeah, so come and join us for that. But for now, goodbye, everyone. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you soon. Bye.